You're listening to Two Sides of Phi, a podcast that follows two lifelong friends as they seek financial independence and to retire early. I'm Eric, and I'm joined by my friend Jason, who reached Phi in 2020. And this is our story. Eric here at Two Sides of Phi, just checking in to set up this episode. This is part two in a two-part series. If you missed part one, you want to be sure to catch that one first. In part one, we talk about tools, hacks, impactful purchases that we've made under $50. In part two, we're talking about those which are between $50 and $250. So we're, we're going to jump up. It's going to be under yes. $250. Okay. And I want to be clear, <laughs> I, I what I didn't I didn't put too many constraints on myself and how I thought about this list, but I knew I didn't want to just live at the top end. Like, let's see how many things I can find over $200 yes. that are amazing. Smart. And I honestly, it didn't take me that long to think about like really impactful stuff that was under a hundred bucks. And the, the most analog on that list, but also what I realized, one of my favorite things I have purchased in the last few years, and I'm probably going to hurt myself trying to show this to you, but I'm going to do my best. Okay. I love props. <laughs> it's this lodge oh geez <laughs> enameled that thing's heavy <laughs> dutch oven it's super heavy look at the nice lid why'd you get the blue i like the blue oh, i mean man every- that was the color of my room growing up man i have an aver- <laughs> yes, strong aversion was, to that actually. i never remembered that but it totally was royal at least blue you didn't have like wallpaper with little football players on it like i did <laughs> that Which, was to blue clear, too <laughs> we inherited it was not my parents hope for me that i would become a football player Your i think love i probably football. realized as a toddler that was not in the cards for this guy but uh yeah uh we'll leave the football player wallpaper aside because it got drawn on and all sorts of terrible stuff but uh yeah this uh, you know honestly i do like that traditional orange uh le creuset one yes but yeah you know, honestly, if you're spending 300 bucks on a Dutch oven, I got news for you. As someone who's been cooking for decades, you're doing it wrong. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm sure someone's going to come in the comments and tell me why I'm wrong about this. But honestly, I'd rather have one of these guys, which does everything I need it to do right. incredibly well, yeah. um, than, than one of those high-priced ones. And it's, I still think it looks great. I can so leave how this much, out. How much is that? How much is this? 75 bucks. Oh, really? Okay. And it's insanely right. good. It's not like the enameling is chipping or anything like that. The heat is, of course, very even. Um, I mean, we're talking about cast iron inside this thing. Uh, it's just been enameled. So uh, people who don't know what a Dutch oven is and who yeah. can't see what you're raising up uh, oh, yeah, in the podcast. Point. We do have audio people. Sorry about that audio podcast land. This is a, a cast iron, enameled cast iron Dutch oven. And how big is it? I think this one is six quarts, if I remember right. Yeah. Okay. I should have flipped it over That's and looked big. at that tiny writing. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I find that versatility comes with that size. So mm-hmm. not only is it good for you know things that are kind of obvious like soups and stews, but I do sauces in there. I do if I'm doing stir frying. I mean, sautéing. I do all oh, of wow. that in this because the the sides are so tall. I can get it plenty hot if yep. I need to do higher temp stuff. But honestly, most stuff doesn't need those high temperatures. You're just going to burn everything. But I mean, I, I would like to make the outrageous claim that with a Dutch oven and one really good multi-purpose knife, you probably read the Four Hour Chef, uh, like a Santoku knife yeah. is one of the best knives you can have. With this pot and that, you can do almost anything. I think I'm like 90% there. I mean, yeah, I like. There's some other niche kitchen items for people who like to cook, but man, with this, just one good thing, this, this thing was like such a big part of the last two years of my life. Uh You know, yes, I like cooking in general, but like between lockdown and retiring early, 
I was cooking a lot. And yeah. so you, you know, do I most of the cooking, all right? the Oaxacan. I do. Yeah, I okay. do the, I do most of the cooking. Lori does the baking. I don't, ma- I don't mess with making bread and things like that, but, but she does. And that's, that's great. <laughs> but, um, you know, I made all the Oaxacan moles in this thing, oh, uh, tons of soups and just, I don't know, man, I, I, I find it hard to describe why I like this thing so much, but it's just so versatile. It cleans up easily. It's bomb proof. Uh, and it was 75 bucks. I mean, my, the knife that I prefer costs more than that. And I don't even have particularly fancy knives. Yeah. So I'm going to push back on the cleans up easily though, because we have one of those, we have a Cuisinart one, which is right in the same price range. We didn't, okay. we didn't spring for the Le Creuset one. Um, and Laura did all the research on that for us, but because she does most of the cooking, but, um, yep. the cleanup on, and I know one of the reasons to use the Dutch oven is because you can get the browning on it, right? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Uh, but man, I can't get that thing clean. What's your secret? Oh, really? <laughs> uh, so, I mean, all I do is put hot water on it and let, I always let it soak. Soak, yeah. Um, okay. I let it soak and then I use, uh, like a 3M purple scrubby. Okay. Um, so that's really tough. I wouldn't, don't use that on something like nonstick, but it works really well. <laughs> Yeah. On a surface like this, um, that is meant to be scrubbed. Clearly, this is this is enameled, so you know you can use soap. You can you know insert meme here about cast iron. Um, <laughs> you can clean this up as hard as you want. Um, but uh, yeah, I just use that that uh, synthetic scrubby, and it cleans up really well. I could think of like maybe one time when I was you know hard kind of cooking stuff in here for one of the moles, and I think I had to use boiling water instead. I'll do that too because we just use like a uh, what do you call those? Uh, induction heat electric oh, yeah. kettles because yep. we drink a lot of tea so i just will uh run that thing full and dump boiling water on it and just let it sit 30 right. minutes later usually it scrubs right out okay that's that's a good tip man I, because you know as someone who doesn't do a lot of the cooking in the house uh, yeah. i pay by doing the dishes so well i mean you know you gotta you gotta pay for that good food that uh <laughs> i am you know, lucky. being cooked yeah. for you cool All that's right. a great what one got man. On, what do you got on your under 250 list okay so my under 250 and granted this can vary depending on the experience, but Laura and I love going to kind of premium concert experiences. And when I say premium, I'm, I'm just meaning, I'm not necessarily meaning backstage necessarily, but something where we have good seats, something close up, something where it's convenient, something where we have access to drinks or whatever conveniences are nearby that we're not sharing a bathroom with like 4,000 people, but it's maybe like 400. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and tell me about it. What do you get for that? So, so, so besides the so you get better seats. Yeah. And you it's get better bathroom. Yeah. And I, honestly, now, I mean, <laughs> we're kind of aging up with the bands that we've been following. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so it's like, it's a little bit less of the uh, visceral concerts. Like, I remember that concert. We went to Anthrax Iron Maiden concert. Um, yeah. Where was that? Was that in Rochester? I think so. That was Persistence of Time Tour, right? So oh. that, that, that pegs the date. Yeah. And, and there's like 1990. The, there's no premium seating in that show, man. It's no, just... it was a GA 5000 seater. <laughs> It's all just get your face walloped in by uh, by a thousand other guys who are way more rugged than you are. Um, so much bigger than we were. So I think what what we're really getting is just a, the ease of showing up and being able to get to your seat. Like we'll show up like I don't know fifteen minutes beforehand and we'll be able to get to our seat. So uh, that, okay, like that's easy. We if we have easy access to drinks, like I said, that's kind of nice. If we can be close enough that we can actually make eye contact with the people on stage. That's nice premium. Like our, our goal is always like try and get some, something that they're chucking into the crowd. So for us, it's like just getting guitar picks from these guys. And so we've been, I think we've been pretty successful in that, but you know, to me, it's like, I I don't know. I just booked tickets for this M72 Metallica show, which is this kind of two day experience. Um, I'm a little jealous. 
we we did not get premium seats for that and and that was actually more than the, the yeah i saw i saw the prices on those premium seats uh there were a lot seventy two hundred dollars for sell your- outica man that's why they say it <laughs> $7,200. Okay. So do you, did you see what that gets you? The $7,200? This is their $7,200. Yeah. I believe it came with a cooler that they filled once. <laughs> you get your own platform. You get yes, a, I saw the platform. a raised platform. <laughs> Can you imagine what the people around you are going to be throwing at you? That's ridiculous. I'm not sure I'd want that. <laughs> no, I don't think I would either. I feel like when you look at like, I don't know, I think about like some of the footage of like uh, festivals like I'm thinking of the Lollapalooza documentary. The people that are like are up high. Like <laughs> not those good. are not people number one that you want to hang out with. They don't actually like Metallica. <laughs> and and you're right. They didn't even think about that. The crowd is going to be hurling Target. batteries at you. Oh, forget it, dude. That's that's <laughs> awful. When we were going to smaller venues, this is even more possible. You know, I yeah. mean, if, if you just book a show at a small venue and. Granted, not every band you're going to want to see is going to go there, but um, we've been to some really amazing experiences and been backstage, been been like on the buses, on the tour buses. Really? Yeah, that's been amazing. Like who? Oh man, Coheed. I know yeah. you, you don't like Coheed and Cambria. I like Coheed and Cambria. I think they're all right. Laura's like completely nuts for them. Um, it, we went to see them in Quebec City and did that, and it was amazing, man. I mean, I, she has that's like cool. this major crush on Claudio, so oh. just being within you know a few inches of him in in his tour bus was like. Um, <laughs> that's a good one. Okay. I, I have a different. I you, you made me think of it. It didn't even cross my mind for the list. I have a take on the premium concert experience. Okay. So, yeah. um, and this is a this is a very different genre of music from what we we're just discussing. But uh, as you know, I went to see churches uh, again uh, not too long ago in uh, Hollywood, actually at the Hollywood Bowl. And while there weren't necessarily kind of special tickets available i mean yeah i got decent seats but what i did this time is i got a hotel room in within walking distance oh yeah of the venue which i have never done before okay and nice you know i knew i didn't want to be driving in this <laughs> part of town i didn't want to deal with ubers but there are some hotels that weren't outrageously expensive they weren't cheap they fit under this uh this limit here but it made the experience so much better just to be able to kind of roll in on foot at whatever time we wanted yes. to show up yeah. get in you know we could leave at different times Lori had some stuff she needed to do so uh you know, me and the teen, you know, got on foot and went in there and got our seats and, you know, got some seat cushions and all that crap. And it's like, all right, we're here. We're ready to go. And, it, you know, none of that hassle, none of that like nagging feeling that I get. I'm sure you don't because you're you're smarter than me about this. Like, oh, should when should we leave? Like, OK, this encore sucks. Should we leave now? And like because we're going to beat the, the crowd out of the parking lot. Oh, yeah. We're going to stuck for two hours. But it was so much better and it was money well spent. And uh, I would highly advocate for that if it's something people can fit in their budget. It's great, man. I, I love that kind of twist on it. But do we definitely do that too? I mean, we're, oh, you do? Yeah. Damn it. Because well, you got to remember, we're we're always going to a city to see That's shows true. that we want to see. You have to travel. So we have to travel. So we might as well just be close to the venue. And it's amazing. Yeah, it's so much. It's the yeah. great experience. You don't have to, you know, you can have a few before you get to the show. You can do whatever you feel like at the show and then exactly. go grab some food in the neighborhood afterwards. I mean, it's, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, the other thing I'll add to that, Jay, and, and this kind of applies more broadly to people who are traveling. Anytime we've booked a premium tour, you know, whether that's a boat tour in St. Lucia or a walking tour in Florence, you know, that's always been money well spent. And generally totally. it's in that 
range, you know, it depends on how many people you have, obviously, but, um, you know, you'd be shocked at how little some of these things actually cost and they, oh they, yeah, they give you access to, and like, if I think about this boat tour we took in St. Lucia, we go down to this guy's private dock. He takes us, you know, this is, it's not a crazy over the top boat or anything, but he takes us to this, you know, his brother's restaurant and such. I mean, some of it, who knows what it's, what's a racket and what's not, but yeah, this is not yeah. a restaurant I would have walked into on my own off the street. And so I feel like those, totally. those things just help you maybe become more comfortable with the place, maybe do activities you may not have felt comfortable otherwise. Yes. And if you book them kind of early in the trip, then maybe it kind of opens more doors for the next couple of days. Oh, we should check out that market or we should go Completely. into this place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Those are such good ideas. Some of the best experiences that we've had have been tours and some of the best tours we've had have been ones where the cost of it was the tip. Oh, yeah. They were like free tours. Oh, really? You know, okay. By students in Japan, I think it was Himeji Castle, uh, you know, classic, right? It's in the Kurosawa films, which is a stunning fortress. Yeah, there's just these this dude and his grandson. They're like, yeah, we're part of this organization that like we take people on tours for free and lets us practice English. But they <laughs> knew like awesome. everything about this place. And of course, it's Japan. So uh, tipping was not only uh, expected it was you know it was frowned upon so yeah it was a tremendous experience uh you know i'm sure we learned tons of stuff we would not have learned otherwise i love that Mo uh, and and yeah all we had to do was say yes i mean it was just great just right. asked us if we wanted the tour i'll put that so, on my list man don't turn them down <laughs> all right man speaking of uh walking into concerts my next item on my 250 list i have another prop okay let's see it it's oh. a shoe. Oh, okay. Tell me it's about this ultra, shoe. Ultra Torin 5. Delightful sneaker. This one is used. You can see it's very used. In fact, <laughs> it's worn down now. You can see I pronate, oh, as you can yes. tell right here. <laughs> um, I So you know uh, I got into super long walks, then several marathon walks, a lot of walks over 20 miles, and I needed good shoes. And I knew that, thankfully. I didn't discover it the hard way. I, I, I like to walk enough that I knew I needed way better shoes than I was wearing. And I will freely admit, I will go on record, uh, that I am not someone who ever paid a lot for, certainly not for regular sneakers. I mean, hiking boots, sure, different story. But I never really thought about like what quality you need to have to just, you know, walk long distances on roads or on like hard pan trails. Okay, and yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that I did the legwork literally to figure out like good shoes to get. And I spent $150 on those when I first got them. I see them now on sale for a hundred bucks because they're not the current model anymore. And ultra <laughs> has made other shoes in that class that are, that are fancier or look different or are just new. And they, you know, they, so they dropped the price. Um, so do you have these, to go and buy like 10 pairs of these things now? Cause they're going to discontinue them. No, actually it's funny. I'll, uh, maybe I'll come back to it at the end, but I'm actually trying a different shoe now that I wore these out for kind of, you know, you know, harder use. I'm trying a different one now. Um, so I'm trying Hoka's, which are also super uh, popular. Yes. Sure. You know, yes. But uh, I mean, I'd never had what I would consider expensive sneakers before. I know some people like to fill their closet with expensive sneakers. <laughs> I don't really think that's a good fire path decision. That they, that they don't wear. <laughs> right. And by the way, when I say sneakers, I mean tennis shoes or whatever else you call them in your part of the world or country. I grew up in the Northeast. They are sneakers. Um, but I, I honestly, I, I said this to Lori like probably 30 times the first month I bought these. I didn't know sneakers were supposed to be that comfortable. Uh -huh. That's awesome. Um, I mean, the toe box on those, super wide. They're just so lightweight, but they still like are just really comfy. It's like you're barely wearing them. Okay. And I mean, I, I never I never would have guessed that I would put a shoe 
on a list of the most impactful purchases, but these allowed so much. And, you know, I didn't get that discouragement that you would get if you had a shoe that was fitting anything other than perfect. And you were, you know, found yourself 15 miles from your house and had to figure out like, well, what do I do now? Yeah. I mean, they make a huge difference. If I think about, uh, walking any kind of distance in my, uh, Chuck Taylor's, my Converse all-stars, I, I mean, my arches ache after a <laughs> hundred steps. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're fairly comfortable shoes, but probably not for the kind of distance walking that you're doing. So that, I mean, I, yeah. and if you look at any kind of list of like most impactful purchases, it's going to be things like beds, shoes, yes. think clothing, things that you're, you know, wearing. Um, and it's, it's, you're lucky to have found such great shoes, man. I, I, hiking boots are my thing. So, yeah. you know, I found a, a pair of a solos that I loved super comfortable, but I'd wear through soles so quickly that I couldn't justify spending the money on. They were like 200, $200 pair of hiking boots. Um, so what do you, what have you done with about the soles there? Cause it looks like they are actually wearing out. Can you get yeah. them resold or you just buy a new pair? No. And that's the thing I don't like is that, you know, no. I got probably 300 miles on them before I started seeing that kind of wear. Okay. And, you know, I looked into it. I asked some people, I know some people who are, you know, competitive runners who use these shoes and they were like, yeah, I mean, at best you're talking 500 miles. And they said, but for me, like very often I only get 300. So it doesn't feel like enough. It does annoy me a little bit. So I am, uh, I'm trying a different, you know, style right now. I'm trying a pair of, of, uh, Hoka's, but they also, the sole isn't dissimilar and I know that if I'm walking on pavement or hard stuff, like, you know, Vibram isn't the best choice. Yeah. They're, that's just going to shred. So yeah. I don't, I'm not sitting here saying I have a solution, but yeah, yeah. I am trying a different style right now to see if, how they hold up differently. Nice. Well, it's opened a lot of doors health wise for you. So I think that's a, yeah, that's great. Impactful purchase. Love it. Yeah, I think so. And a surprising one. Hey, Eric here with Two Sides of Fi, checking in with a quick request. Jason and I love making this show and sharing our conversations, but we need your help spreading the word. The best way to do that is to give us a quick rating and review on your podcast app of choice. And if you know someone on the Fi path, please hit that share button on your favorite episode. Every little bit helps. Thanks. What's up on your list? Uh, a little bit boring, but a clothing item, merino shirts, man. I, I love merino shirts. Merino is temperature regulating, odor resistant. It's just kind of a bomb proof material. This shirt, this is, you know, not all merino is the same. Some of it's lightweight, some of it's heavyweight. Um, yeah. For under layers, I use the SmartWool stuff. I think it's yeah. SmartWool 250. And those are a little, little more pricey. They're kind of like 110 bucks. This this one's like 72, I think. for the This is like the 72-hour merino shirt. This is by uh, Proof. It's sold by Huckberry. Um, and basically, it's you can wear this shirt for 72 hours without anyone being able to notice how bad you smell because you haven't watched it kind of thing. But they're meant for traveling. They're, yeah. you know, they're super durable. I, what I like about this is I like the cut of it. I like that it has some detail to it so that I can wear it when I'm traveling. I can wear it out to a restaurant and not feel like completely underdressed. It's got a casual kind of feel to it, but you can yeah. kind of, you can get away with it be like bumping it up to being a little bit more dressy. So I've, you know, I just have a couple of these, um, a couple of black ones and this charcoal gray one. And I just find them to be super comfortable and, you know, 
you know, it's like when you find a shirt and you're like, ah, I'm just going to wear that shirt. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's me, man. Like with this, I don't want to have to do a lot of thinking about my wardrobe. The smart wool is hundred percent Merino. The proof ones like this, they have a little nylon in them. So they lay a little bit differently. Um, and also they're more forgiving with the dryer. So the, th the thing about Merino okay. is if you throw it in the if you t tumble, dry it and you happen to tumble, dry it on high, it's going to shrink right up. Right. Um, so the nylon prevents that from happening. Um, just a little different sheen to it, but yeah, man, I love these shirts. They're super like, I, I won't buy other shirts now. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty big endorsement. Um, but I'm I've a simple wardrobe guy, man. I don't like, I mean, yeah, I'll wear like cotton t-shirts or concert t-shirts sure. and stuff like that. But like, you know, for work, like this, this is my shirt. Definitely got to put that one in the show notes because I am looking for hiking shirts and certainly the Merino shirts of various, you know, brands come up on every backpacking list. And yeah. so I don't have any, um, I have some different sort of breathable, but I think they're more synthetic shirts that I wear. And I also don't sweat enough, frankly. So it's not been a big deal, but I know okay. that they're better for warmth, yeah. um, than what I have. And, you know, I've, I've had a recent cold camping and hiking experience, so <laughs> I am sensitized to this issue now. So I'm super curious if it would be a good Good match. It, if you yeah. are someone who sweats, I find a lot of those performance fabrics, they get kind of stink after a while. You yeah, can't get yeah. the stink out of them. And oh, that, okay. And that doesn't happen with Merino. Uh, it's a pretty strong endorsement. I'll, yeah. I'll, all right, I'll check them out. <laughs> I hate buying clothes, but I like I know, buying me clothes too. that I like. I know. So. And maybe we'll just cut this out because it's just too too darn boring. But <laughs> I don't know. You want to talk about boring. Okay, let's Dude. hear it. I have the most boring item on my whole list. Maybe okay, somebody thought a $5 app is boring, but <laughs> when I think about impactful and Lori's going to love this when she sees it on the episode, I didn't show her my list by the way. Okay. It's reading glasses. Oh my God, dude. What am I wearing? Dude. <laughs> Amazing. I got to tell you about three years ago. I don't know when this happened for you. I want to hear your story. Like three years ago, I realized that like, a lot of other people who age, well, we all do, you know, the book starts yeah. getting farther and farther away. And I've always had great vision, right? 2015, you know, no issues with distance. Everything's great. But I'm also a biologist and I know well that presbyopia, this thing we all do, um, <laughs> affects most people. Yes. Uh, and it doesn't really settle down until your mid fifties, apparently early fifties oh. to mid fifties is what I was told when I asked my ophthalmologist about it. But, um, you know, I've been g getting an annual eye appointment for about five years now. I freely admit I did not do it before then, but I did start. I don't even remember why. <laughs> and, you know, in the last few years, it was like getting worse and worse. And I was like holding my book farther away yes. and low light sucks. Oh, yes. And, you know, it's so frustrating. And Lori would just, you know, rightfully be like, why the hell don't you do something about it? <laughs> I'm go you're going to the eye doctor anyway. It's an admission of, of getting older. That's that's the problem I had with it, man. I don't know. I, I remember waking up in the mornings and like I'd pick up my phone to try and read. I'm like trying to keep rubbing my eyes. I'm like, I just can't get a clear sight. Uh man, reading glasses super impactful, especially given how much you and I both read. Yeah, we do and we spend a lot of time on devices. And yeah. I, I I guess if if I know that there are plenty of people in our age range, a little a little younger, a little older, whatever, who watch this show. And if there's one thing you take from this, like, just just give in, and get the stupid reading glasses. Like, you know, no, you don't have to wear progressives all the time if you don't want to, but at least get them for reading. It's a huge game changer. I can read in lower light 
perfectly now. I don't have to increase the font size on my phone, which <laughs> now your teen won't make fun of you like mine does every day if I don't wear my glasses. So, I mean, it felt dumb that I waited so long to be perfectly candid. And what? Maybe it cost 150 bucks because I got, you know, decent frames. Yeah. I can get amazing frames. I could have gotten them cheaper than that. Right. Totally. Um, yeah. And if your eyes are similar, you could just get the readers from CVS or Walgreens or wherever. But, you know, if I my eyes are a little different They're you know, they're not the same prescription. So I yeah. got a prescription glasses and it's I I never would have guessed it made such a huge difference, oh, even though it's so obvious that it would it. It does. I, I give my stamp of approval to that too, Jay. I mean, it feels like a kind of an old man thing to say, but I did the same thing. I got the, my eyes are a little different. I think everyone's are. It's just yeah. whether or not your the readers are okay enough for you, uh, for yeah. your dominant eye. But I, yeah, no, I, I spent probably about the same that you did and it was covered by your insurance. So depending on your insurance, it may already be kind of, you know, you may get one pair of glasses every year. And having seen... Yeah. Other people in my family, well, now people are going to these kind of uh, the bifocals, you know, the, or oh, the, yeah. what are they called? The they're kind the of progressives, the progressives where you have the different. It's all built in. Yeah. Lori really wants me to get a pair of those. She's like, then you'll have them all the time. I'm just I don't know, dude. I don't, I don't know if know I want either. to make that transition yet. But. I don't know either. Right now I have the ones that are for the computer. They just got, you know, the blue filter. I'm farther away. So, the, oh. you know, it's not much of a prescription, but. Um, and it, it does matter. And then I got these readers that I just showed that are nice. for every, you know, all the close up stuff. It's love it. It's huge. All right. It feels, it feels lame, but I don't know, man. <laughs> Can you top that for lameness? How about this for lame? A oh, come a, on, man. Another pencil. That's all a right. good choice. That's a, you went back to digital though, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Apple nice. pencil too. This thing's amazing. When you use it with procreate, it's, it's like actually absolutely essential. Um, so for an artist, yeah, I mean, it's hard to deny how great that pencil is. Um, and actually I know plenty of people who aren't artists who use it with their iPads and such. It does require a bigger expenditure. Um, yeah. so, you know, it's, I don't want to end on that though. I was thinking, you know, um, we are both in such a privileged position to be speaking about, um, financial independence and contemplating it and totally. you know our audience and listeners are too and i i do think there's um a great value especially this time of year thinking about what you give back to people and i'd like to think we give back via this show and in other ways but you know giving back locally to charities places that really need it especially in this time right now it's a really hard time for people to be paying employees and labor expenses are going up. Yes. You know, I think about our local daycare places, places that we benefited from when our kids were younger, uh, food banks. Um, there are plenty of charities that you can look out to and, and give, be generous with tipping. You know, as I think about those experiences, you know, like if you're lining up at the drive-thru, you know, pay for the person's order behind you, you know, just love that. Do, do you remember when, when we were kids, we were, you know, driving on the New York state Thruway, you would, uh, you always have to stop to pay the tolls. Right. And yeah. I, I just remember this one time we were driving and someone in front of us paid the toll for us. Um, and I thought, wow, this is amazing. And I, and I just think about, you know, I remember how we felt as a family, we caught up to them. We're like, all oh, waving to them on the highway. And, um, it's just that kind of feeling is really hard to replace with any kind of a material item. It's kind of like these 
you know, experience things that we've been talking about, you know, those experiences live on in our memories, you know, far beyond the moment where we spend the dollars. And I feel like giving um, has that impact and effect. And I, oftentimes, I don't know, I think tipping big in a place um, has that effect for me personally. How, how do you how do you think about giving? I, I agree 100 um, percent. And it's uh, I'm glad you kind of went here. I, I, I didn't think we would, but it's it's a perfect ending, honestly, Eric. Um, I, I would I would add a couple things. Uh, first of all, is the idea that, you know, many of us look at our lives and we feel privileged and we feel like, oh, I don't need, you know, more stuff. And I actually got this idea from my mom. Um, it's, you know, the idea that you can give to an organization somebody cares about on their behalf. Mm. And then you're kind of sharing that good feeling of this is an organization I like to support, but, but more importantly, it's in the name of somebody who really cares about this organization. Yeah. So they, they, you know, my mom's like, Hey, don't get me stuff. Like here's some causes I really care about and that I support with my time yes. or my wallet. And you know, if, if you are so inclined, you know, that's a really cool thing you could do. And so she does that with us. We do that with her. I think that's just a really wonderful gesture. Uh, I think the other thing I would add, especially for people, you know, who, you know, maybe, you know, living on a, a tighter budget or uh, aren't as able to give financially as much to the organizations they want to give, the idea of giving time. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be a huge commitment, right? Most people are working and they're busy and they can't give, you know, a week, you know, or, or a day of time. But, you know, a lot of these organizations out there, you can just give an hour or two of your time, you know, even once a month, some of them would be thrilled to have, um, that support. And so I think just this idea of spending time yes. and not just money and support of causes and people that you care about is another really great way to give. Uh, and feel fulfilled from uh, an expenditure, right? It's just a, a not monetary, it's a, a personal expenditure. Totally, man. Yeah, well said. I love it. And uh, I mean, we're always donating to research causes, you know, those things that we believe in and, you know, trying to make a make a better world and, and not just have more stuff. All right, Jay, I think that was a pretty thorough list. And I think it gave people maybe an insight to how we think about the world, which I always like here it's it's yeah. less about the thing less about the money more about the what it opens up you know how intentional can we be with how we invest our time and dollars and um you know i just want to say to you it's been a great year we've made a lot of shows this year um i want to say to our audience thank you for showing up week after week and leaving comments and supporting us i really get a lot of benefit out of this i really appreciate you guys and uh i wish you a happy 2023 I don't know how to add to that, man. Happy holidays, everyone. Be safe. Enjoy your time with your family and friends and be well. And thanks for your support. Thank you, Eric. Cheers, man. Cheers. Join us as the conversation continues next time on Two Sides of Fi. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider rating it at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. For show notes, resources, and links to the video version, please check out our website at twosidesoffi.com. Two Sides of Fi.